right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right, Jesse. So tonight, I think uh, we have an interesting uh, show here tonight. Um, we're going to talk about taxes. And I know that doesn't sound like a like a fun thing or anything like that, but I, I do I think it's going to be an interesting conversation, to say the least. Especially for those who have waited until the last moment to file our taxes. Exactly. <laughs> if you're like, if you're one of those people. <laughs> I mean. And I think we're, and tonight, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and from uh, there, uh, Silence see. says a lot. Yeah, it does. Um, and we also have our, um, our uh, new segment here, which is uh, Get It Together. And uh, our shout outs, uh, Restaurant Review. And uh, we have going in for this evening for our scotch is Glenn Dronach 12. Scotch review. All right, this evening, Scotch the Glenn Dronach 12 year. Single malt scotch from Highland. This is looking pretty good. No joke. Got this deep burgundy colored tin, as well as a very nice looking bottle, uh, similar, uh, deep in color. Uh, this scotch, the house was founded in 1826 by James Allardyce if I'm saying that right, and uh, has been all around the block as far as owners and participants in its management since that year, 1826, the year of my lord. The year of your lord. But looking forward to trying this single malt scotch whiskey. Um, and, you know, it used to be part of the group that... Uh, uh, was also part of the last few scotches. Uh, a couple of the last few scotches, we had the Glen Riak scotches, the Smoky and the Non, the regular 10. Um, they have a whole line of scotches, as does Glen Dronick. But, uh, man. It, does Rachel Berry have, like, a, a little bit of influence on this one? That is my understanding. A little bit of influence on upon this wonderful scotch, too. Supposed to be sweet uh, because of those, you know, ex Jimenez and ex Oloroso Spanish casks. Uh, could be delicious. It could be. And uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, but it is the second whiskey produced under the excise excise tax of 1823 figure out how to point that out since we are going to be talking about taxes that's interesting it's a good point also because apparently they had the first license as far as a distillery in scotland as well oh huh, there we go yeah damn it you have to get a license so that you can pay taxes how jacked up is that <laughs> like taxes, <skip> it? <laughs> so wait a minute if i legalize left legalize a license do i not pay taxes <laughs> telling you man it's just redistribution of wealth and, and oh, so you're left. saying that 500 dollars license is just another tax yeah exactly <laughs> all right well good job going drone and then in 1960 the, uh, they were bought out by teacher and sons limited uh, and at that point they increased their stills from two stills to six stills and then in 2006 they were bought by the chivas uh chivas uh, brothers limited all right, and all right, 2016 all right. kind of brings us to where they are now when they were purchased by Brown Foreman Corporation, which includes Ben Renock. 
And I can't even pronounce the other one. It's like Glinglasso. Glinglasso. Good. Uh, no, no, no Farkless. It's it, it's like glass, and then it's an A U G H. Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> Please let us know if we pronounce that right, and then I I'll try again. Win <laughs> Glasgow. All right, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. All right. Well, this Glendronic, nonetheless, with those X-Sherry casts multiple times, uh, matured for over 12 years upon those two different types of casts, should be absolutely delicious. Uh, hopefully, you guys all had a safe and sound and responsible, remember, drink responsibly, St. Patrick's Day this past week. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and proceed with the <laughs> opening of this fine bottle of scotch. Again, aged 12 years. Next, Jimenez, uh, Zimenez, and Oloroso <laughs> Sherry Cast. Ah, so they typically give scotches a nice, warm, sweet, creamy finish. Well, what I was going to say is on the label, though. There is uh, some of the past scotches that we've been trying. Uh, they've been pretty plain, not a whole lot of stuff going on on the label. This one seems kind of busy, but it does look still nice. Yeah, it's uh, very responsible and respectful. Mature looking. Sure, I'll go with that. Not innocent or <laughs> ignorant. You know, and some of the uh, tasting notes I've read about this particular wine seems like it should be something that's drank during Christmas time. As should every scotch. <laughs> <laughs> and Thanksgiving and Easter and on Sundays and Mondays. Don't forget Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Then there's Thursdays, Fridays, and So you, you're saying it should be drank on any day that ends in Y. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, cheers, drink responsibly, and yes. uh, here we go for our warp speed. Warp speed. Oops. Nee, cheers. Nee, 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 nee. Scotchman. Scotchman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome back. We just got done uh, doing our tastings here, and uh, I suppose I'll go first just to keep up with uh, tradition over the last few Man, episodes. Go for it. This scotch, though, I will. I just, I do have to say, brilliantly straightforward. Is uh, I remember one time I was in uh, in Germany, in Hamburg, Germany, pretty close to Christmas time. is is definitely right around winter time. <laughs> And, Not uh, at all what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, and so you know when you're going through the Fußgänger uh, Zone, where you're in the in the like the walking mall area there in uh, Heidelberg, uh, in old Heidelberg there, uh, they have like they sell like the uh, mold wines and stuff, and you can really smell like the, those like kind of uh, winter or Christmas type spices. And when I smelled this one here, this this scotch, it kind of really just took me back to that time frame and like those uh, that cold weather. Christmas spices and you know just thinking of like maybe like open up 
you know, Christmas presents on uh, Christmas morning. So any case, uh, this particular one here, I do, I do like the color. It has a nice dark <laughs> amber gold to it. Um, almost a brassy color, which I enjoy. I like having like the darker color. Um, as far as the nose goes, um, I, I was kind of nose goes, nose goes, or, or bouquet, <laughs> however you want to call it. Um, I do get some dried fruit with uh, some Christmas spice, uh, caramelized sugar, and uh, burnt match. So, like right after your first light of match, there's like that kind of slight hint there, which I think is it make it kind of gives a nice complexity to it as far as the bouquet goes, and it makes it very interesting and uh, as far. Are very welcoming to try it out. You know, I think it kind of gives you that hook there. Uh, as far as the uh, palate goes, um, when I taste it here in, my, in the front part of my palate, I'm getting you know, like hints of fruit because I do get the immediate sweetness that you're probably going to get from the from those casks. Um, also, I get some butter, chocolate. Once again, I get a little bit of that Christmas spice with some uh, nuttiness. And then with my finish... When it hits the back palate, which that's I really what do she like. said. <laughs> uh, when it hits the back end of my palate, um, I do get a nice uh, lingering finish that has a smoky toffee and kind of sherry type uh, finish to it. Overall, I think it's a very good uh, uh, scotch. I like the sweetness to it and the complexity of it. Yeah, man, the Glen Drunk Twelve. I, I got- quite a surprise. I didn't think it was going to be this good. Um, I'm not surprised at all, especially after you brought it by. And one of the first things we fall, uh, you know, found out is it was part of the Yol Ben Riek group at one point, uh, Rachel Berry's group. And for me, again, it goes back to this straightforward. You look at that color. It is a beautifully deep gold. And man, I'd say there's some red in there, but it's not quite as red, uh, but definitely a beautifully beef gold. Hmm. On the nose, I got nothing else or anything better to say than creamy vanilla, uh, which is a delicious scent. It is wonderful. It's inviting. That's why they put it in so many damn candles, right? It is everywhere out there on the palate. And strippers on the palette. That's what she said. <laughs> Where's the glitter? <laughs> I don't know. You're talking about vanilla. Like you like, go to strip club. They all smell like vanilla. I wouldn't know, man. It's been like, yeah, man. Where's the glitter? Where's the glitter? <laughs> mm. On the palette. Silky smooth. We've had some Ben Reacts where, you know, the Ben React 10, I called it the Honey Rider, and the Ben React 10 Smoked Edition, basically. Uh, it was just that, but smoke. Man, this is smoother than either of them. It is absolutely silky smooth. You mentioned butter, fully agree. Vanilla. And the last thing I get is this raisin. Oh, yeah. You do oh, get yeah. raisin. I probably raisin. didn't mention raisin, but yeah, you did get yeah. raisin in it. Raisin is, and, and I like raisins, not so much as, well, actually, I don't mind a prune, <laughs> <laughs> but I like a raisin, and ah, oh, dude, that palette finishes beautifully with the, the raisin, the finish is long, smooth, and nutty, so you go with this, like, 
raisin. Think about this. Oh. I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when you say when you were talking about raisin there and nutty, right? It almost made it made me think of like those like uh, cinnamon raisin breads or something like that. Yeah, man, I'm talking Superman nuts, not like yeah. the Hulks. These are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> They're out of right? this world. Yeah, <laughs> not from America, not from Earth. <laughs> you, need, you need kryptonite to eat those nuts. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to get over this kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> only Batman, only Batman. <laughs> but to me, man, this is another 10. It's a great, wonderful Highland single malt scotch whiskey um, from Glen Thronaga. This is the one 12 years old. Eximinis, ex Oloroso, sherry cast from Spain, of course. Uh, and yeah, it's a win. What's a, what's the, uh, was it ABV? Oh, ABV right in line with what we would normally fall. 43? Cons- 43. I didn't even have to say it. You knew it. <laughs> you can taste it. You do not get scotches this smooth that fall out of a certain range and typically 43. And I forget what the price range was when I picked it up. I think it was like right around 70, but yeah. I could be wrong. I think you're right because when I've seen it on shelves, it was anywhere from 69 to 79. It's time for our shout outs. Man, my first shout-out, true shout-out, Ferrari, Formula One team, Charles Leclerc. Ah, awesome job winning the season-opening Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, I do think Verstappen was putting on a pretty goddamn good show, though. Ah, It would have been a close race. I don't know that he could have ultimately finished first it was that close but nonetheless super excited about the season i am ready to go out and buy myself a new ferrari formula one shirt for the first time in a while and ah yeah ferrari and leclerc thank you for bringing my ferrari passion back to the sport i have been a ferrari formula one fan since 1983 1983 and um you know, I'm only 21 years old, so I was just, you know, obviously even wasn't even born by that point. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, seeing the different things, knowing that Jody Skechter was the first uh, or the last uh, Formula One World drive, Championship driver for Ferrari to win in the 70s at 1979, and then it took 21 additional years for Michael Schumacher to win again in 2000, and they've. Not that there haven't been a couple of mixed winners in between there, Kimi Raikkonen, Vettel, uh, but knowing that they have had another little dry spell, not 21 years, but they never give up. I love this team. I love their passion. I love their investment. And I think that's really what you get when you bring emotion and drive into anything is a, an actual investment of energy. And some of that is pure passion. Some of that is um, money. Some of it is taxes but either way uh, lots of different things go into it and one of those things is also talent and time and time is the one not to be forgotten so thank you again ferrari and claire for bringing another exciting season to uh, formula one in the inaugural race um super excited uh and when i say inaugural i shouldn't say that that's actually not true but the opening race at the bahrain grand prix for this 2022 season my shout out is going to go to all the entrepreneurs out there. I just want to say that, you know, um, for someone to go out there and open up their own business, it does take a lot of, uh, 
uh, a lot of courage and strength, even though they may have a lot of doubt going on in their minds. Um, they have to go and uh, kind of put their necks out on a ledge and uh, just take that leap of faith saying like, hey, hopefully this will work for me. Um, they never have any guarantees going in there uh, with any kind of position, whether uh, any kind of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, business that they create, whether it be a, whether it be a uh, brokerage or a, uh, a retail store or, or a consulting firm or anything like that, I just think uh, it takes a lot of like gumption, I guess, uh, just to testicular to, fortitude. Yeah, we can go with that. Uh, to to ta- to be able to take that risk out there and to uh, succeed or even uh, even to, to fail. And uh, so I just want to give a shout out out there to all those entrepreneurs. All right. All I can say is, once again, get it together, Biden. What are you doing wasting all this money affronting our forces, acting? I mean, maybe it's winning. Maybe people believe this. you're actually doing something. But spending all this money, wasting all this money, putting forces in foreign countries, pretending that we're supporting Ukraine as we continue to watch them uh, encroach upon the halfway mark of, uh, you know, Russia upon the halfway mark of Ukraine now. Um, no matter what side you take, it doesn't even matter. Once, hey, uh, this is my get it together, also Americans or world viewers. Once you realize Russia is past the halfway point, we're not going back in and pushing them back. We're just waiting for them not to pass the next new Russian border, which is currently the end of Ukraine before it reaches the rest of Europe. So uh, get it together. Anyone who believes Biden did anything that was actually positive. (laughs) He he walked out of uh, Afghanistan with his tails behind his leg, left weapons leg one leg legs uh left weapons millions of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars of weapons for them probably ended up in russia who knows uh we found information that all sorts of countries especially germany are selling weapons to russia after we've gone into this accord uh yeah wow so yeah just uh viewers Please don't be blind. Get it together. Please pay attention. Realize that all these false um, chest puffs are just that. It's a guy at the gym who hasn't seen the next biggest ape come around the corner. All right. So my mine is to corporations or businesses. Oh, that I hand- can't wait. Please tell me this is about bonuses and raises. <laughs> How'd you know what I was going to be Are you serious? About? Yeah, I, I didn't dead know, dead. Yeah. dude. We don't actually talk before the show, so this is awesome. Uh, had a rough week, just saying. So, yeah, so my my uh, get it together is going to be here for all those companies and businesses who do give out bonuses or raises either on a monthly or even on an annual basis. If you have a if you have an employee who's, you know, working hard or doing uh, you know, doing a good job throughout the whole year. And it's even if they transferred from one place to another place in the company, you know, you, you should actually make sure you uh, show how much you care about your, your employees, because right now we're in a mar- we're in an employee market and there's been people, and I'm sure you've seen this too, but I've already That's had multiple, right. I've already had multiple friends who've left a business to go to a new business 
where they've earned like another twenty to forty thousand dollar raise. And that's just and, and doing basically the same thing that they were doing at the old company. So if you are going to give a pay raise or a bonus, I'm just going to say, make sure you, you do make sure you show the people that that work for you and showing you loyalty that you do them right. Uh, because if you, if you're not giving them the right kind of pay raises or the right kind of bonuses, there's a high probability that they're going to go seek somewhere else to go work because right now they can find someplace else to go work. And so here I'm just going to say, just get it together. I think that's an amazing get it together because I know, uh, and you know this too, I've been offered positions <laughs> to go make more money. And I have this foolish level of loyalty, which everything has an end. Everything has a point where it won't go any further, um, but they're not paying for loyalty right now. They're giving you sign-on bonuses. So they'll pay someone brand new to stick around for three or six months, sometimes a year, this 20 to 40,000 dollar bonus uh making them higher earners than someone that's been in position for 2 10 12 years 30 years at some points and it's interesting uh the biggest thing for that I would add to your get it together is man with these bonuses with everything else um, one of the things I've been taught and educated upon for as long as I've been a leader with the corporation I'm with is that never have your employees be surprised by their review come review time. And that includes the raise or the bonus. And man, I was shocked, staggered and disappointed this year. And to me, after all these companies and corporations came out and they're like, we had the best year ever. La, la, la. And then I had all these surprises, negative. Uh, it's just like, wow. Everything I've been taught <laughs> for 29 years by their hands, they are not living by. And that's, that's a strike. So I agree with that piece. Like kind of like get together people. If it's yeah. not the corporation that the, these leaders are speaking for, corporation get together and take care of these people. All right. I have one other uh, get it together. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, to all those people who work in the restaurant industry, mm. Just because you're working there and it's after COVID, you should still learn how to give good customer service. Agreed. Just to be just to be a waiter showing up and uh, or be lackadaisical in the way you serve people when you're a waiter or working in a restaurant. Uh, that's not that's not good. That's not I mean, it wasn't acceptable before COVID and it shouldn't be acceptable after COVID. And really, I just trying to. I just believe that if you want people to come and continue to visit your business, especially with inflation and the higher cost of food and all that, if you still want people to come there and spend money for you to have a job, then you should make sure you work on your customer service. So here I'm going to say wait staff, uh, those who work in, 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 uh, in, well, in any customer service section or sector, get it together. Agreed. Wow, this week, uh, <laughs> after some uh, deliberation, uh, we ended up going to Cafe Rio. And um, honestly, Cafe Rio is not a bad place. It was actually pretty decent. The reason why we went there, though... <laughs> 
is <laughs> the fact that you're justifying it <laughs> upon its introduction means there were some negatives. Just heads up. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, uh, I kind of suggested it because uh, I was used, you know, I, I used to go to it quite often or quite frequently uh, when I lived in Utah. And it was a pretty decent fast food place. And they usually had decent customer service for a fast food place. And their food's normally really well, well done. And, um, and here, <laughs> I think this is part of the reason why I gave the get it together shot, <laughs> get it together segment there. Um, the food, the food, uh, <laughs> the food there, I thought was still, it was still really done. The food was still well made. I still enjoyed it. Um, it was pretty similar to the food that you, I, you know, I found to be pretty normal in the Utah version of Cafe Rio. Uh, the part that was kind of lacking there was a little bit of the um, customer service as you're ordering your food, and uh, that was kind of a that was kind of a put off to me, um, because that wasn't to the same standard that I was used to when I used to frequent the place in Salt Lake. Yeah, and we're talking about the location a little bit south of Arapaho on Broadway, and I would say you know as far as no, I I wouldn't disagree. It wasn't bad food. Uh, the food I actually think was probably. And eight, honestly, the food was good. I had the uh, steak nachos and an extra order of uh, chips and queso. No complaints about the food for the price. $13 for the nachos, another 6 bucks for the queso and chips. Uh, all worth it. It's so a 20 bucks altogether. The environment was not great. And it's always interesting because you can really tell about an environment when people come in and out and it's been a colder day and you get that cold brush of air no matter where you are in the restaurant. A bad environment, just poor planning, ways around that, double doors, a number of things. Don't seat people right there. Create a wall between the door. Create a barrier of some sort. Um, so the environment was, to me, a six. Uh, the value again, was probably a seven, but the service, and as I really start to think of this, you think about a middle bar, a service, no matter where you go, you have zero expectation or top expectation. And then there's that middle barrier where uh, you don't expect anything better or worse. And that's where this was. The service here was a five. It wasn't great. Uh, but the food to me, again, like, man, food was an eight. I had zero complaints. Um, overall, because of the service, though, uh, it's get going with the seven. I wouldn't not take a first date there, but I would not go out of my way to go with a first date. I would go with a friend just for a chat, uh, take a sunny day. Don't go to this particular location if it's cold outside or you'll <laughs> get that cold blast, uh, which is just not fun when you're trying to have a warm, inviting a dinner or lunch or breakfast, whatever you may be going there for. And uh, yeah, overall it was seven. So, yeah, I would give you that um, if I was in high school or maybe even college, I'd say that's unacceptable, maybe first date place. Um, as a um, someone as a professional now at this point in time, I'd say no on the possible first date. Maybe like a follow-up date or something like that, or like you've been dating someone for a while or you're already married or something like that, then sure. Um, definitely a, a place to go meet up with friends. Um, overall, though, I, I guess I'd give it about like a, I don't know, somewhere between 6.5 to a 7. Normally, I, I like if I was in this, if I was still living in Utah and I got that normal kind of a, um, customer service I was used to, I'd definitely give it like a 7 to 7.5. But 
being in the location we went to, how far we had to drive to get there, and the and the so so uh, customer service, it kind of pushes it down for me a little bit. We'll start from, I guess, kind of a little bit of the back in here as far as back it up, back it up. If there was a, uh, if there was no law saying that you had to pay taxes, would you pay taxes? And I think most people would probably say no. I would choose where my benefactory dollars could go. It'd be like when I donate money at Target. Uh-huh. And I could choose where it went. And it's a really, that's a great way to phrase it because in the past I didn't always get a choice. And then there were times where I'm like, yeah, I want them to go to children's homes. But if I was talking about my tax dollars and I could choose some of it to go to education. Yeah, absolutely. I've got two kids. I want them to have the best education. Uh, do I want to go to roads? Yeah, I'm driving a Ferrari. Like, yeah, I don't want to jack up these 20 inch rims. I want good roads. I'm paying my taxes to the roads. And so I think that that actually is brilliant and a smart way to do it. And probably possibly a way it could have been designed ultimately better. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just a selfish single prick with nothing, not a care <laughs> in the world. No, I'm not paying taxes. Yeah, I think if, uh, if I think if it was ever revealed to anybody that there was actually no law put into place that they had to pay taxes. I don't think they would. Now here's the struggle with that. Just real quick, real brief. Say I'm some internet entrepreneur and I'm not paying any taxes uh, because there's no law for me to pay taxes. There's also no law to say how much you as my internet provider can charge me. And so at the end of the day, you just rifle up my internet fees and I'm paying it anyway because there aren't taxes protecting my rights as well as the rights of others. There could be that possibility. Yeah, man, I would have like literally hope so because I would go out of my way to make it happen. <laughs> like you're not paying. But usually like if you're talking about a business, so I think they do have, they have to pay like capital gains. Right. So that, that's but already if there's in the no income or capital gains taxes and you're just really doing like what's best for community, I'm going to support anyone who's going after the guys who aren't supporting their community. So in this, the reason why I'm at, the reason why I, pose that question is because in this movie that Aaron Russo had uh, done called America freedom, the fascism, he had heard uh, through, I'm not sure exactly. And I don't remember if he says it in, in the documentary, but he went, he found out or heard that uh, there's actually no printed law anywhere that states that Americans have to pay taxes on their, uh, on their income through uh, that's done through wages. And um, so he he went through, uh, and for those of you who don't know who Aaron Russo was, he uh, was, was is a key term. Yeah, it <laughs> was, he, uh, was a, the producer of uh, trading uh, trading places with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. So he helped he produced that movie, and he did a couple others. And I don't know the other other movies all that well, but that's the one. Dude, I do trading know. places was a good vacation. Yeah, that was. A good, that was a, <laughs> Was it the dude? It's like Maddie, two hours. Maddie Maddie New Year. <laughs> dude, it's not an amazing movie. At it the is. end of the day, yeah, it, it's it's a great movie, and um, it, I think um, as he goes through, he uh, finds a bunch of uh, IRS people uh, or former IRS workers who he he went and went to go interview and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, 
he's like, can you guys show me? Like, I, I was told this. I don't know anything about it, but can you show me where this law is? And a bunch of them couldn't find it. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what, what were you? What were you thinking when you saw this? Um, literally, what I thought when I saw the movie, and when I think about any of these aspects uh, around trading places, is that people of power who own that power literally have every ability to make decisions. Um, you can include the presidents of the United States. And because of that, depending on the different levels of power, anytime there's a risk in medium management, so you got the po impoverished poverty people, you have middle class and you have upper class and the middle class is the threat. And uh, ultimately, the upper class continues to try to get rid of the threat, the middle class. Yeah, they do. Which poverty cannot. And I thought, that, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, he was talking about, and I know I knew this quite a long time ago. I actually saw, saw this uh, documentary when it came out in 2006. And, but I was even kind of aware of some of the stuff even before that, probably like when we were in high school and stuff. So I'm sure you were kind of aware of it back then too. And I think it's kind of weird how a lot of people don't know this, but like the Federal Reserve Bank is not part of the U.S. government. It's a privately owned bank. It's kind of weird when we went away from the gold standard and they literally have made so many movies about it, starting with, hmm, was it James Bond? The man with the golden gun or Goldfinger. It's <laughs> Goldfinger. Uh, really going back to that exact point and the problems that are encumbered upon it. Yeah, it's uh, something uh, largely because of media I've known for a long time. It's funny how media makes things so comfortable that they can be a slap in the face and you're just like, wow, that was a great movie. <laughs> right. right. It's so true. A lot of times in the media, they do. They they'll show like they'll they'll announce it or tell you about it in in the movies or TV shows and stuff like that. And people are just kind of like zombies. They don't they don't pick up on it. Yeah, it's like oh hey, guess what? There might be a, an outbreak. Okay, no, we literally had a movie decade ago about an outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> talked about how we could solve it without there being a big problem, and we made it a big problem anyway. <laughs> So they're talking about in this. Uh, so he talks about like the about the uh, Federal Reserve Bank and how really the true coup d'état really happened in 1913 when um, the Senate passed the uh, the law or, or passed the bill, I guess, if you will, to allow for a central bank um, during the uh, Christmas break when most of the senators were at home. I mean, that's just good business. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not actually good business. Well, I guess it's good business, you wanna, business if you want to pass it through without any... Dude, that's what I'm talking about. Like, let's just say it. Like, Okay, let's look at these individuals and figure out if they're tied to possible secret societies. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to go with that, it wasn't really so much, I guess, necessarily the... Uh, in, the uh, Federal <coughs> Reserve Bank, but it was actually the 16th Amendment. I guess that's what it was. Um, and the, that's in the 16th Amendment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what would you get from the... the no, I was just... You mentioned the 16th Amendment. I just thought about this guy I used to work with, Sean. He's like, always just like, please just tell me she's 18. <laughs> 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 please be 18. Please be 18. Just like in Talladega Nights. 
So the 16th Amendment, for those of you who don't know what it's about, that that's the supposed law that was uh, passed saying that the uh, government could tax you on your income. However, um, U.S., I think there was a, uh, a judge's, said that uh, in 2003, U.S. District Court Judge James C. Fox said that if you examine the 16th Amendment, you'll find that a sufficient number of states never ratified that amendment, which means that that amendment is actually is, uh, is void. But yet, we still pay income tax today. I don't know, man. I don't have an argument. Like it's just what happened. <laughs> it's like, well, the, so, the so, cop decided I looked like the guilty one in the accident, and I got the ticket. Well, you can fight it if you're rich. <laughs> Otherwise, hey, no. Where'd you say this end of the bottle was? <laughs> Which is funny that you said that because. It's- there was a uh, quote here from an IRS lady, which is Jennifer. Why I mentioned it, <laughs> Jennifer Long. Oh, the the IRS How selectively audit, audits taxpayers who are poor and vulnerable, and they routinely fabricated evidence against these taxpayers and were encouraged to stick it to them, as quoted in the documentary. I'm just going to say, if I get out of this year, this episode's the reason why, and I know it. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> it's not that I've been audited before. I just know this is the reason this year. <laughs> so here's Leave the that in, by the way. Do not edit that out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to leave it all in. Um, because when I get audited, it will be in that episode, too. <laughs> I just think it's really odd how, like, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, he mentions about the central bank and the bankers that if we had a central bank that basically uh, the grandchildren, um, I have the quote here somewhere, but uh, sorry, we, I didn't quite make the, uh, where is it at? Then I had it. That was like a big one. Any case. That's what she said. You'll feel <laughs> me later. <laughs> Really, I think the point he's going after is that there is this point where uh, foolish laws can be enacted, but generations later actually feel the full impact. And it's interesting that society allows these things to happen. Yeah, sorry. It took me a little while to figure out where I put it. It wasn't actually. That's what she said. (laughs) Damn. Thanks for filling in there. (laughs) Thanks for tag teaming me. Okay. All right. Uh, it says here, hey, what's your name? I'm Jesse. I'm filling in for Noah. You're going to love it. <laughs> Bring in the cock double. Have you ever seen that movie, Orgasmo? Dude, too soon. Too soon. Anyway, so Thomas Jefferson, he, uh, he, he uh, wrote here, if the American people ever allowed private banks to control the, uh, the issue of their currency, first by inflation and then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs to. Now, I only got two things to say after hearing that. One, A, after hearing your relationship Similarities to that and orgasmo, 
damn, son. And B, <laughs> he literally is like, after we stole this property from the American Indians, of which I was. <laughs> Aren't you still? Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> you like, said was. I'm asking if you still are. Yes, of which I am in lineage of. Uh, but we're like losing more of what we stole. What? <laughs> it's so jacked up. <laughs> He, what he's really saying is we're paying tax dollars we shouldn't be paying after we stole this land from the American Indians. So so we stole the land, or not we, because we weren't alive then. No, your people stole the land. My people lost the land. And now we're both paying taxes that we shouldn't be paying. And the bankers are stealing it from us. Yes. How did that happen? I think because of corruption. Indian chiefs, while smoking peyote, consider Central Bank. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, here, I just, I just find it really like, uh, just like anything that when it comes to our our law or our constitution or. If you don't know what your rights are, um, how can you ever stand up for them or defend against them? And the thing is, is like I don't think, as it states, uh, as as like the uh, U.S. District Court has uh, judge said, it was never ratified by the state, so this amendment doesn't really exist, or it, it exists, but it was never ratified, and so therefore, it's not really a lawful amendment. And if we as a people don't understand that, then that means that really technically the federal government should, or the uh, Federal Reserve shouldn't be around and neither should the IRS. It's a really good point. I'm going to correlate that strictly to an interesting paradigm, if you will, which is NATO hasn't gone in and physically helped battle with Ukraine against Russia because Russia did not do exactly that, set a boundary, a border, or a limit, which most states have not done as well. However, man, there's somebody making some money, and, uh, man, judges are paid by our tax dollars, so which way are they going to vote in most cases? Exactly. It's a tough, it's real, and it's a tough conundrum, but... Well, it's kind of like the mafia, if you will. Um, Dude, I love that you brought this up. <laughs> okay, why? <laughs> because the mafia and others found other ways to make income, not report it, and not pay their taxes. And the government literally <laughs> went out of their way. Philly, uh, in particular with Capone, went out of their way to find a way to charge these mob bosses with tax evasion, if nothing else. Yet, literally at the end of the day... Dun, dun, dun. They might have been wrongfully imprisoned. Now, if that's the case, and at some point we can bring this law in and you get any Capone uh, stepchildren, grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren, half-children, brother's children, whatever, are they do some wrong by the, all the rights that Capone did? <laughs> you know, you bring up a good point here, right? Because like some of these like uh, some of these people, they get them on, uh, on tax evasion. But if, Wesley Snipes went to prison. Right. The so, black vampire. Which the is, daywalker. <laughs> which is funny because like here, right, we just had the, like the Supreme Court rule that the, that the 16th Amendment did not create any new powers for the, uh, for the government to 
taxing people, which means you can't tax them on on uh, their income on their income. And then <laughs> the the states never ratified it. So once again, the Sixteenth Amendment should be void. However, the lower courts, for whatever reason, they don't seem to uphold what the Supreme Court has said, and that's how these people are going into uh, getting thrown into jail. And you you make a great point. Like if if you make money, right, um, illegally, I guess, <laughs> or allegedly illegally Dude. with Capone, how can you be evading taxes unless it's a business and he, it was capital gains taxes, which would then be, you know, something that it is that is in the Constitution and that it would be legally uh, needed to be taxed. Here will forever be why Capone is in my heart and my struggle is within his actions and his imprisonment is that he still to this day fed more mouths during the Depression, the Great Depression, than the soup kitchens or any other government agency did. Um, so his taxes <laughs> to go to prison for that after his deductions would have far exceeded any that the government had. I call bullshit. <laughs> literally, I, I, like, I how dare you imprison a man that literally did more than the government did? At that point, the government should have made zero dollars. Well, I think if you go back and you look, start studying economics, what the government did. And the policies that they that they put into place that actually caused a great dep- depression, lost longer than what it should have, and really they're at fault because of of the of poor policy making. And so, what uh, you're going with with Capone doing more for the people is absolutely true in that case. Yeah, I'm just not overcomplicating. I'm saying it. Congress just gave themselves a 21% increase. Congress did not not nullify their income during the Great Depression when Capone fed more mouths than the government did. And you know what? Screw them and any of their followers who act that same way because there are people who do more for the community and still don't write off all those because they're limited, unlike Congress, to their income and their write-offs. So a lot it's been led to believe like uh, the central bank, the Federal Reserve, is a Rothschild bank. And uh, here's sure. a here's a quote from a Rothschild here and back in roughly around 1919. It says, give me control of a nation's money supply and I care not who makes the laws. And that was uh, Mayor Rothschild. I think that's a pretty, uh, I, I remember back in high school when I think we had Ginsburg as a teacher. Oh, Ginsburg, you were an amazing teacher. I if pray you're still you, alive, you're Ginsburg. still alive and watch one episode, give us some feedback. Thank you for doing it, Dave. That's uh, all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, he, uh, it's a good day. I, I forget exactly where Thinking I was going to go with United this. Nations. Yeah. I, well, we got sidetracked there and I totally forgot what I was going to say well, about it, but. Uh, he had mentioned something about um, Ginsburg and income in the Rothschild. Give me the money, the banking, and I don't need the power. Yeah, I think he kind of introduced that in one of his social study courses about like really the uh, oh that's what it was that the uh, the head person of the Federal Reserve is more powerful than the president of the United States, and it's really true. I mean, uh, whoever controls the money will control the government. And in this documentary, uh, even Aaron Russo talks about how the central banks, uh, it might have been one of the people he interviewed, how they actually uh, really doesn't matter who gets elected. It's really the central bank who's deciding who's going to get elected. It's an interesting way to put it. It's interesting to think to think about because uh, 
man, the only president I can think of out of the last, and at least since Reagan, that went against the banking system, and I know Reagan did, but since then I can't think of one, but the last one that did was Trump. Yeah, all I know is like JFK went against the banking system because he wanted to bring back the uh, gold standard. And uh, Reaganomics a little while later. Yeah, so (laughs) shortly after JFK did that, he Uh, uh, was assassinated. Took took eight bullets to the. Oh, wait. I bullet to the head. (laughs) Thanks, CIA. Yeah, the magical bullet. Dude. And then. then, (laughs) How uh, did you guys screw that up? (laughs) And then shortly after. Reagan had started mentioning stuff about the also banking took system. A bullet. Also took a bullet. Um, so it's it's very interesting that I think a lot of times when we see people trying to step out and say things uh, or bring out uh, or people I guess should say people of influence who come out and say things about what's going on, uh, they usually find the short end of the stick. Um, think about like even or the sharp end of the bullet or the sharp end of the bullet, <laughs> only the tip. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Just to see how it feels, right, Reagan? <laughs> which is, which, and bringing this up here, right? This is something kind of like, I don't know, some, there are some conspiracy theories out there that after Aaron Russo did this research and did this documentary, uh, within little about, little over a year, like a year and a couple days, he, he was dead. He died. Well, you see that in multiple different avenues, much like in James Bond when you're dealing with Spectre and his search for the White King and what does he ultimately find? Someone who's been uh, poisoned. (laughs) Right? Right. And the love of his life, and then he himself is later poisoned. And spoiler alert, fuck. (laughs) What a heartbreak for me. Yes. Um, Find out you loved your woman and she always loved you as well. Even though there was a separation and you had a kid. So what happens when you're dealing with bad people, right? Man. Good people getting killed by the bad people. And that's the tricky part is that as long as there's someone more powerful than the bad person you kill that's also bad, you're in trouble. Exactly. Um, so I know we kind of been bouncing around all over the place on this one. That's uh, what she said. <laughs> Oh. Uh, but to kind of go back to like these IRS agents that were being interviewed by uh, by Russo, uh, there's John Turner, uh, Tur- uh, John Turner, who was an IRS agent, and um, he thought there um, that there would be an actual uh, law in the books. And after he spoke to Russo, um, he kind of went back after three and a half months later and couldn't find any any. Uh, any law on the book saying that you had to pay income tax on your wages. Uh, and then Joe Bannister, an IRS, IRS criminal investigator, he left the IRS after presenting evidence saying that the agency was violating the law and people's rights. And uh, in response to his findings, the IRS gave him uh, a notice saying that he needs to uh, separate himself from the IRS. <laughs> And then there's another person, Sherry Jackson, who was another former IRS agent. She, she saw in a, an advertisement in the papers saying that if anyone can actually show proof of the law in written format that, uh, that you had to pay income tax on your wages, that they would pay them $50,000. So she tried to take up this, uh, this fee, and after two and a half years, still couldn't find anything. Which I think is... The one thing that they did point out in the documentary, what they did find was that 
the IRS code is that uh, your income tax is 100% voluntary tax. So, uh, and this was from the um, Dwight E. Avis, and he said the IRS code uh, for your income tax is 100% voluntary. Your liquor tax is 100% enforced tax. The situation is a different as night and day. So really, it's it's kind of like it's a, it's like a forced. It's not a force. It's a voluntary law or a voluntary thing to do, but there's no exact law out there saying that you have to do it. And then when you go and ask the IRS, they're very, uh, I don't know, evasive, right? And then as we start poking around these things is that if they are being evasive, there is no law, but yet it, it continues to be enforced by by force, right? They're enforcing this this law, which is really not a law, by force. Then one has to start wondering, is the gov- U.S. government complacent or part of, of uh, basically this farce on the American people? All right, you asked the question. Now, what's your answer, man? You got to have an answer. You can't just always ask questions. <laughs> well, I'm asking questions that give you. To you can't involved. ask questions, man. You got to have answers. What's your opinion? It's just like no different than 300. Here's where I stand. Where do you stand? Where do I stand? I think the government's corrupt. There you go. That's all you needed to say, man. The IRS, the IRS shouldn't be around. the uh, The Federal Reserve is owned by private banks, and it's not. They shouldn't be issuing our currency. And I think the U.S. government sold us down the river. I don't think you're wrong. And I think the only problem within that is that uh, by doing what they've done is that they have not created checks and balances that have made it legitimate. And I 100% agree. And with that all too, is like once you started looking at it, like um, how the U.S. government has been complacent in, in stealing money, it's really just redistribution of wealth. But not where do you think the mobs got it from? <laughs> And it's not redistribution of wealth to the poor people. It's redistribution of wealth into the politicians' pocketbooks. Well, the Clintons proved that. Oh, yeah, the Clintons totally have. And I, a lot of times when, as you're doing research, especially now nowadays, like, a, like how, if you're looking into a lot of the conspir- so-called compar- conspiracy theories, which are turning out to be pretty true nowadays. Yeah, can you what, show me some new conspiracy theories? Because all my old ones keep coming true. <laughs> <laughs> There, uh, you do see a lot of times you see the Council of Foreign Relations uh, being uh, involved in this, and one of the big names that is attached with that is Harry uh, Henry Kissinger, and he said like, "Who controls the food supply controls the people," which is true. Who controls energy can control the whole continents. I and mean, who controls the money controls the world. And. Uh, <coughs> I know you you heard an interesting quote from him. No, nah, I was just going to say, man, like, he gives a good reason to become cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the last part here I'll just kind of bring up, unless you want to chime in on anything. I'm not sure. Roll with it. Is that when we, in this documentary, this is like, so once again, this was brought out in 2006. So he was probably doing his... Uh, his research a little bit prior to 2006 when this came out. So we're probably talking about 2005-ish or so. Um, but he put in the documentary some executive orders here, uh, which is that under CAFCA, uh, the treaty there, the sale of vitamins and supplements will be illegal. Um, this And you kind of tie that in with um, 
Senate Bill 1873 allows government to vaccinate you with untested vaccines against your will. Uh, when I saw that, uh, both of those things automatically uh, rang out to me as COVID. Um, what happened here? Like, we have untested vaccines that are being administered to people, mandated. And then you had not necessarily a uh, supplement or a vitamin, but you have something like hydrochloroquine and, uh, as being demonized, is not working. But after Trump left office and Biden became in office, then it's all, all of a sudden like, oh, HCQ does work. So a lot of this stuff here, he does mention we've we've known about this since 2006, or it's been out there, but whether or not people have been awake to it is a different, a different thing. And as this whole Russia event is going on, uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, has been doing treaties with governments that that would supersede constitutions. Mm. So. Uh, I think it's something that we all need to kind of be aware about uh, how, who, who basically is in control of our taxes, whether or not it is. <laughs> and, oh, I forgot to mention this. We are not advocating you not to pay your taxes. Yeah, please do not <laughs> fail to pay your taxes because of us. We are already planning on paying our taxes and also waiting to get audited. Uh, <laughs> Mostly what? because of this episode. Uh, this is just merely just to present some information to you guys. Uh, I may not have been in the most uh, succinct way of uh, presenting it to you, but we're just presenting it so that way you can go out and do your own research and discover whether or not it is true about um, are we supposed to, is there an actual really true law that says that we are supposed to pay our taxes? Or is it true that the 16th Amendment was never ratified by the states and that the Supreme Court never uh, ruled that it created a new tax? And uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at there as my sum up. Please do, because auditing and being audited is enough. I don't want to be... Uh accosted by the IRS because of my taxes as well. So please stop. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm just expecting it now. Please be Did gentle. I go too far? I don't think I went that far. They will. Well, they <laughs> might go like, that far, but I don't think I went that this, far. Uh, town didn't need that enema. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so I guess we'll leave it there. Just just for yourselves, uh, everyone out there, um, I'll just say, just to wrap up this, is once again, um, discover for yourself whether or not it is a, an actual law, whether or not the uh, Federal Reserve Bank, is it really a, uh, a governmental agency or is it a private bank? If it is a private bank, uh, is them issuing money for or against what the Constitution calls for? If it is against what the Constitution calls for, then maybe we need to start electing leaders to eliminate the Federal Reserve Bank. Checks and balances, just like, you know, Congress giving themselves a 21% raise. Well, God damn. Beat me by tenfold. Yeah. We already know Congress is corrupt. I mean, they kept up with inflation. They were just smarter than... 
Apparently me. <laughs> Let's not talk about like how they make millions of dollars coming out from nothing before they join the Congress. Yeah, I was still That's trying to figure that one out. Damn, I chose the wrong profession. So anyways. It may uh, not be too late. I'm only 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can still run for office. Oh, man. If only I could lie as well as they do. I, I'm going to start practicing tomorrow, I promise. You hey, promise? by the way, I'm only 21. <laughs> Started today. <laughs> All right, anything you want to say about this topic? No, I think it's a good topic. You guys just be aware. Don't be unaware of different things going on. Take care of your rights. Um, Think about not only what's going on in Ukraine, which is tragic, uh, but what's going on in America. And some of the greatest things I've ever read were people who came from foreign countries talking about all the aid we've given foreign countries, wondering why we're giving that aid to foreign countries as they drove through Brooklyn or through San Francisco and looked at all the homeless and the children and the starving and the hungry and the uh, needing and why we weren't just taking care of our own because that is absolutely our biggest fail. And I can already tell you the answer is because it's easier not to take care of our own. Just like we didn't take care of our business in Afghanistan and resolve that conflict, we just hightailed it out and pretended we didn't see it. Uh, that's exactly what's going on here in our own on our own soil is we're like, okay, let's uh, misdirect the intention over to Ukraine and continue to fail to solve our own uh, problems with poverty increasing, with the number of homeless about to increase as evictions continue to increase, as foreclosures continue to increase, as all these other things continue to increase, and people can't afford to eat, uh, pay for their rent. Uh, Yeah, let's not worry about what's going on in America. Let's worry about what's going on in Ukraine because, hey, guess what? This is a big deal, and it's not that it isn't, but the $2 an hour of gas isn't the equivalent of 10 more people being homeless on your street corner in another two years. That's what the bankers want. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to exactly say that. I'm also not going to say you're wrong. What I am going to say is stop throwing money to Ukraine when you've got homeless in your own city. Yeah. Don't be a fool. Please don't be a fool. Take care of your own city. Redress of grievances. I believe that's part of the first amendment. It's redirecting intentions to make an impact because of fear of failure. And if we were as Congress, as the Senate, as a president of the United States, we were to say, hey, you know what? We backed out of Afghanistan like chickens. And now we're going to just take care of America, which was pretty much what he was inclined to address and then he realized there's no way i can fix america ultimate fail and then there's a conflict in ukraine hey we're going to so send some b2 bombers over to you know what we can't actually go into ukraine so england nowhere close and we are supporting this effort (laughs) we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars doing nothing and also uh, this documentary i didn't mention this they also talk about RFID chips, putting chips inside of people to track them and monitor them and watch what they buy, which we are starting to see now with the vaccine passports as well as the uh, everything going lessons. on in Ukraine. Interestingly enough. Yes. Uh, yes. Interesting enough with that. Makes me feel like Ukraine is the guinea pig of the world. Could be. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to have a pass or a passport to go from a train station to a street, from a street to a restaurant, out of a restaurant, back to a street. Uh, Every step is known. I had a question here. Um, historically, what, what other country or government kind of made sure you had papers before you could go anywhere? I don't know. I'm thinking about the Grand Budapest Hotel, one of the movies I'm super fond of. And I'm just thinking maybe it was Germany and the Nazis during World War II. But I'm not oh, positive. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. <laughs> oh, there. okay. So, yeah, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah, this all makes sense. Let's continue to follow that. Uh... <laughs> All right, so what's... Uh, Go get your next vaccine and then get your chip. What is your smarter challenge for next week? All right, so my smarter challenge for next week. Oh, uh, man. Achoo! I got sneezed. Go big or go home. I've never actually seen the movie. Many people have told me I might like it. We're going to go see or watch The Wolf on Wall Street. And with that... We're going to enjoy uh, the Dalmore cigar <laughs> cigar malt scotch. Now, this is a reserve, not cheap, not for the faint, but it's going to be delicious. So, Wolf on Wall Street, how does that apply to laws to today? Why was this man the one man who fell? And then, what does it really mean to... Uh, yeah, the IRS went after him too. Yeah, or, what, what does it mean to uh, own your piece of the world and uh, enjoy a little bit of life? All right, good. All right, anything you want to say to the people? Thank you for watching. Please like, sh- man, share. subscribe, oh, yeah. share, do all of it. Let us know. Most importantly, give us some feedback. What did you enjoy? What did you not enjoy? And uh, yeah, the restaurant again. Man, as I'm reviewing, the restaurant was just, service was turd. You can say turd, right? Yeah. Yeah, service was turd. I don't know, you said fuck before, so I don't say why you can't say turd this time. Uh, I don't think you can describe a restaurant as that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's like the Barilla Grill or something, you're like, (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) 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 Uh, But, you know, the restaurant was... Ultimately, a seven for me, a six and a half to, for you. Uh, great topic. Really, 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 really consider your rights and where does your money go? What are you supporting? What are you not supporting? Think about your own future when you think about where your money is going. And man, life is great. Noah. Life is great and uh, drink responsibly. Uh, just to really sum up my side of things, once again, um, be weary of what your rights are. Um, if someone is uh, breaking the law, it's not like they're going to tell you that they're breaking the law. So if they are taking away your rights, they're not going to tell you that they're taking away your rights. So you have to you have to do your own due diligence and figure out whether or not your rights are being taken away from you. Um, as you as you learn that, uh, just make sure you study the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights, and uh, find out what is uh, considered to be uh, taxable and not taxable. And then from there, you can make your own decisions. And then prepare to get audited. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, I'm not saying we're not, we're, I'm not advocating goddamn taxes. And Jesse's not advocating that you uh, withhold your taxes. Um, 
So, but I will say, I will go out on a limb here saying that there is something in the First Amendment that that is called the uh, redress of grievances, which if you believe that the government is doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, uh, you can withhold supposedly your taxes uh, until they answer that redress of grievance. But do that at your own peril. I'm not saying to do that. I'm just letting you know that is it. That is in the First Amendment. Yeah, whatever Wesley Snipes did didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> also, be aware, though, if you do look into this and you do decide that uh, what the IRS and the central banks are doing illegally, um, then you're probably going to want to do some research on uh, on how to try to win this. Yeah, uh, dude, because uh, the lower courts are not paying attention to what the higher courts were saying. Nobody's in, winning. In any case, uh, let us know uh, what you think about our show. Please leave some comments. Let us know what you think about taxation. Um, if you've seen this uh, documentary, uh, let us know what you think about the documentary. I'll put the link into the uh, in our comments down below. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. And um, if you do want to become a patron, uh, if you look in the description down below, it's the very first link there that says Podbean uh, Patron. You click on that link and you can become a member for a dollar a month. And uh, we just add, we just take that and we just add it back into our podcast here to buy scotches update our equipment and the such and uh with that i'll say thank you everyone hopefully you have a great night and um cheers cheers yeah life is great life is great we hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of scotch hour if you did please like share and subscribe also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.